Welcome to Speak a Dogcast. My name is David Farb, Animal Behavior Specialist, and I'm broadcasting from WOUF Woof Studios in beautiful Palm City, Florida. Thank you so much for joining me again today. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you're going to want to check them out. Now you can also follow me on Instagram at Speak a Dogcast and become a patron of the show today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. And you can also find me on YouTube at speakadogcast if you're more one of those visual learners, yes. Now on today's show, guess who's coming to the front door? It's everybody, and we gotta teach our dogs to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, if your dog gets a little too crazy, a little too barky, maybe jumps, we're gonna learn how to get all of that under control. Then we have a segment on trick training. We're gonna learn all about tricks, Fun tricks. Everybody knows the sits, the stays, the lie downs, maybe even the go to your spot, all that kind of good. But what about the fun stuff? What about the fun tricks that are just a lot of fun, enhance the relationship with your dog, and also push your dog out of their comfort zone to make them grow, right? Give them confidence. That's what it's all about. So we're going to talk more about trick training. And then our first pet segment has actually come to an end. I know, I'm a little bummed, I'm a little sad, but we only have so many presidents and I can only do all the segments on. So yeah, it was really neat. It was such a fun segment. I really actually enjoyed uh, being able to share all that information with you guys. It was fascinating, it was educating. And, I mean, really, it was it was quite entertaining hearing all those stories and learning all of these neat things, things you just never knew uh, about the animals in the present of the United States. Look, if you're a newer listener and you haven't gotten a chance, you know, you didn't get a chance to hear the first pets, all of my episodes back, I think we started about episode 75 is when we started the first pets segment, and we talk about all of the United States presidents, their pets, the animals, and how it had a profound impact on the country. It was really quite neat. So unfortunately, that has come to an end, but that means we have a new segment taking its place. Now, this new segment is actually going to start next week. And it's going to be a segment on mascots and universities, right? How these animals, how in the world did all these animals come to be involved as being mascots at colleges and universities across the country? There's history behind it. Uh, There's fascinating stories behind it. So we're going to dive deep into that. Uh, But that uh, segment will start next week. Today, though, we still have our listener Q&A segment. And if you guys have questions for the listener Q&A, keep on sending them my way. You can email me, questions at speakydogcast.com, or feel free to message me on social media. And of course, guys, if you want to do virtual training with me, I'm still offering those free consultations until the end of May. So be sure you take advantage of those free consultations. We can get going with virtual training, and it will be awesome. Email me, questions at speakydogcast.com, or once again, message me on social media as well. Now, before we get going with today's show, I have to give you the trivia question, and today's question is going to be, what was the first animal used as a mascot for a university? Yes, what was the first animal used as a mascot for your uh, university? Very appropriate question today. I'll give you the answer somewhere in today's podcast, so be sure you stick around, sit, stay, and enjoy the show. Next on Speaky Dogcast, guess who's coming to the front door? It's your friends, it's your family, it's your dog's best friend, it's the delivery guy, the Amazon driver, UPS mail, everybody's coming to the front door nowadays, and it's tough. It can be tough sometimes to get your dog under control because these triggers are happening so regularly, sometimes when you're not home how many times, and you don't know what's going on, so... It can be sometimes a little difficult to get the front door under control, but I'm here to help you guys out today. I'm here to tell you the the structure of how we get it done, the process, and that's the first thing. It's a process. It is a process. Look, most training is a process to how long, you know, everyone's a little different, but the front door is a little bit of a longer process because it's a multi-step process. 
Now, the front door, when we think about it, you know, the dog's barking, going nuts. Look, it is an instinctual, natural behavior, right? Because I get that sometimes where, well, David, I don't want my dog to stop barking at the front door. Okay, they're, they're really, unless you really focus in on condition, unconditioning them, right? conditioning them to stop barking, unless you really hone in and make that the priority, your dog's not going to stop barking altogether at the front door. They're just not because it is, it's an instinctual, natural behavior for a dog to alert their pack to, to want to protect their home, protect their environment. So that's something that's never going to go away. Can we make it controlled? Can we make it manageable? Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about today. Making the front door manageable, getting our dogs to stop barking when we need them, need them to stop barking. And of course, then there's always the, you know, getting your dogs to say hello to your guests calmly. Um, and then there's also, what, what about what about when we don't actually have a guest coming inside the house? What about when it's just an Amazon driver or a delivery driver and the dog doesn't stop barking? It just keeps going. Even the driver's gone and the dog, right? So there's different way, ways we have to address it. There's, there's the front door with actually greeting people. And then there's the front door of, it's just somebody coming to the door and I need my dog to stop barking. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about those things today. Now, before we dive into it, um, like I said, it is a process and there's going to be a few things that I'm going to point out. We're going to, we're going to briefly skim over the first few steps of the front door because the reason we're going to skim over it is because I actually have got great information on the Instagram uh, account going on now. Check me out on Instagram at Speak a Dogcast. Uh, we've been putting really good clips, uh, reels up there of teaching your dog different commands like a sit, a stay, a lie down, a, a leave it, a go to your spot command. Uh, those are all up on my Instagram page, so you guys can go check those out. So we're not going to spend a ton of time going over that because we can we can use all our information all around and put it all together. Okay, so we don't have to dive too deep. But suffice to say, look guys. A front door to me starts with a couple things. It starts with basics like a sit, a stay, and a spot command. Okay? It's going to require starting with those three commands. And again, go check out my Instagram page, at Speak of Dogcast, and you can see how we do a sit command, a stay command, and a spot command. All right? But... Guys, we all pretty much know how to do a sit. It's pretty simplistic, right? We take a treat, got the little treat in our hand. We raise it above the nose. We get them to go back into that sit position. Coco, oops, sorry, baby. Coco can have one of those treats there. <laughs> Coco's laying behind me. Good girl. Good job, Coco. Anyway, so we take one of the treats, we raise it up, get them into that sit position. And of course, we reward it. Most people know how to do a sit command. Um, so we won't spend a lot of time on that. Now, then there's the stay command, right? How do we get our dogs to stay? Um, look, I'll be honest. It sometimes actually helps to train the spot command first. Believe it or not. Uh, I, with that said, I actually will train the stay command throughout the day. What do I mean by this? Well, let's say we have a puppy or a new dog and we keep them in a crate. Before I let them out of the crate, I'm going to teach them stay as I open the door to allow myself to reach in, leash them up, do what I need to do, right? That's where you can teach a stay command. How about feeding time? Teach them to stay and wait for their food. How about going in and out of the front door or out of the backyard? Sit and stay before we exit. The so we can start teaching a stay just in those instances in the natural way, a natural uh, progression of our day. And I'm all for incorporating that. Um, but, but sometimes what I was saying is it is helpful to, to actually train a spot command first because then the spot acts as a reference point and it allows our dogs to understand that they're supposed to stay on that spot and it helps increase, um, I would say, the speed that they learn a stay command, okay? Uh, so, so how do we get that spot command, right? We're gonna leash up our dogs and we're gonna have a 
dog bed, a spot. Now you can use a little thin mat. There's nothing wrong with using like a, a little floor mat. We can do that, of course, uh, because sometimes you don't maybe have the space or just don't want a big dog bed by your front door. So we can have a little mat ready to go. There's nothing wrong with that. But a dog bed is sometimes easier because your dog can feel that step up and that texture to it. Um, so leash them up. I'm gonna say go spot while simultaneously guiding them over using the leash to the dog bed. Once their feet hit that dog bed, I'm gonna say good boy, good girl, and feed them a treat immediately. That's that's the very, two feet get on it and I'm loving it the first time, okay? Now I'm gonna rinse and repeat that a few times. Say spot, simultaneously guide them over with the leash. The second the feet hit the bed, give them a treat, all right? Then I'm going to take my expectations up a little. After a couple repetitions, then it's gonna be, you need to get both feet on the bed, good spot, okay? Then I might even start morphing it into, or rather shaping it into once they get on the spot, I ask for a sit command, and then good sit, good spot, okay? Once they're comfortable with going on the spot and sitting, going on the spot and sitting, then we're going to add in that stay command, okay? So we get them to the spot, good stay, or excuse me, good sit. Then we're going to say stay. While still holding the leash in our hand, we're gonna say stay and just back away one or two steps. Your dog might wanna get up because it sees you do that, no problem, guide it back, no, go spot. Good, sit, stay, back away one or two feet, holding the leash, good, stay, walk in and give him a treat, good boy. Okay, back away two feet again, stay. Wait a few seconds, good, move in and give him a treat. Then we can release them all right off the dog bed. That's my release word, okay? You can see we wanna rinse and repeat this. We're gonna start with just two feet away from the dog bed, two feet away from the dog bed, rinse and repeat. Then we're gonna go five feet away from the dog bed, then 10 feet away from the dog bed, so on and so forth, so we can start actually moving around while your dog continues to stay on the dog bed. This is how we teach a spot and a stay simultaneously. It's wonderful, all right? Next step after we teach a sit, a stay, and a spot, right? They know these commands, they know them solid, we're good, we're doing great, we're just we're, we're, we're doing, putting the dog bed in different places around the house, they're totally comfortable with it. Then we're gonna take the dog bed and we're gonna put it by the front door. Continue to practice a sit and stay while backing away toward the front door. Then we're gonna start adding in little triggers, right? What about touching that doorknob or door handle? A lot of times just rattling the handle will make your dog wanna get up or get excited. Teaching them no, stay, go back to your spot, right? It allows us to run through these triggers to trigger the excitement and teach them to, instead of getting excited, remain relaxed and stay on your spot. And they keep getting fed for it, right? Then we're gonna practice opening and closing the door. You can see how I'm taking this baby steps, right? What was the very first thing I said in this? Guys, it's a process. It is a process to teach the front door, but you'll be amazed. If you practice these, you know, these little repetitions, you can hear I'm doing these segments, right? We start with just a, a sit command. Then we start with a stay and a, and a spot command. Uh, then we build it up to being able to move around and walk around the dog bed with a stay with a spot command. Then we're gonna move the dog bed all around the house. Then we're gonna take the dog bed and put it by the front. You see these little segments we break it up into. If you practice like each of these segments for two days at a time, I think you'd be shocked that within about 14 days, if you were consistent about it, you practice these, these little segments multiple times a day in little good training sessions, you'd be shocked. About two weeks, you'll have your dog mastering this. But you have to put in the time and you have to be a slave to the process on this. I'll be honest, you do. <laughs> this is just what it takes. Some dogs take to it like, like, like candy, like candy, man, you know, they, they, they get it. They sit here, stay, cool, no worries. I'll bark and then be done and all good. And we're gonna talk about once we, you know, once the dog finally does bark as well, but okay. So getting back to it, sit, stay, spot, moving toward the door, jiggling the door handle, and now we're gonna open the door. 
very carefully, guys. This is the next step. I need you guys to be very safe about this and don't be, don't be silly. Don't be not using your brain. Use your brain here, all right? And when we're opening a front door to a dog that may bolt, let's be smart. Number one, let's put ourselves between them and the front door so they can't just run by us. Don't just back away, okay? Second thing is when I talk about opening the front door, I open the door like six inches to start with because if they do decide to bolt, six inches isn't enough for them to get out when they're a couple feet from the door at least and close the door and we're good, okay? I start with six inches, then like a foot, then two. I take my time. It's a process because the more you take your time and build them up and gain these successes as opposed to the failures, the more likely your dog is gonna to wanna to continue to do the right thing. Okay, so make sure you have yourself in a position between your dog and the front door. This might be a time to start using a training leash. Maybe we need to pull out the 10 foot leash, maybe the 20 foot leash. That way if they do get by you, you can at least still step on the leash and stop them from getting out the door. Guys, be smart about this stuff. If you live in a high traffic area, be careful. Be smart and maybe have a second set of hands, a second person ready to go, ready to help with this because I really need you guys to be safe about this stuff. If you're unsure or you're not certain, make sure you contact a professional, okay? So we've been practicing opening the door. Let's say we're getting to a point now where the door can stay wide open. My dog continues to sit on their spot. All is going, it's just, it's great, right? Cool. You're gonna rinse and repeat that for five days a week, whatever. I mean, if you can do it longer, Awesome, okay? Uh, the more you practice this without anybody at the front door, the easy it will, easier it will be when somebody does come to the front door, okay? Because that's gonna be the next step naturally, right? Okay, so we have the dog doing awesome. They don't care, open, close the door. Before we bring the people over, there's one more step we can do, and y'all know what it's probably gonna be, right? Ding dong, uh, we're gonna ring that doorbell. <laughs> yeah, we gotta ring the doorbell, and the dog's gonna go nuts, right? Probably, maybe. Sometimes you might be surprised. You've been teaching them to just be calm at the front door or on a spot. Then when you ring that doorbell, you might get a questionable, woof, should I bark? <laughs> Again, it won't go away. Trust me, it'll come back. Uh, but yeah, we got to add in the doorbell noise and that trigger. Now, look, ideally, I want to practice this doorbell exercise with either somebody else that lives in the house, right? Somebody, so instead of when, when mom or dad comes home from work or, or wherever, Okay, instead of coming in maybe like through the garage or something like that, if you, if you don't come in the front door, why don't you come to the front door and ring the doorbell as if you're a neighbor coming over, a friend coming over, okay? That way you can practice this because, you know, not everybody wants to sit at the door for five minutes or 10 minutes potentially and wait. So it's good to practice this with people who are going to want to help and be okay with, with waiting. Um, but once we finally get to it, we have to put a person at the front door. Okay, that's all there is to it. So maybe we'll ring the doorbell and what's going to happen? The dog's going to bark. Now, don't go into the front room by the front door screaming, oh, stop barking, man, man, man. No, 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 we're not yelling at them. We're not gonna scream at them, none of that stuff. I don't mind a sharp like, hey, nothing wrong with that, guys. Nothing wrong with jolting them out of it, but like having a conversation or yelling at them or whatever, you know, it's not gonna help, okay? So I don't mind jolting them out of it with a little redirection of, hey, because that's what I do. Say, hey, come here, let's go, guys, come here. Go to your spot, right? Coco, you're listening so well. You're a good girl. <laughs> She's watching me back here in the pineapple. Um, Right, so you can jolt them out of it in that sense to, to redirect their focus back to you and then say, go to your spot. Now, if you have practiced that spot command enough times at this front door, guys, it won't take much to redirect them out of that barking. Now, if they're more an intense barker, yes, it could take a little bit more work, a few more repetitions, um, but I, I promise you, you stick with it and you're consistent and you jolt them and don't have a conversation and you make it very, right? They'll understand because like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I go back to my spot and I get food, heck yeah. Okay, 
<laughs> All right. So that's what's going to happen when the doorbell finally rings when there's somebody there. It's unexpected. We're not just working through it and practicing it, right? That's what's going to happen. They're going to bark. You're going to jolt them out of it in the sense of to redirect it. And you're going to tell them to go to their spot very calmly. Okay. Now, then this will be the first time we've worked it with a person at the front door, right? So this could get a little exciting. Now our dogs, and I should have mentioned it, and maybe I haven't mentioned it enough times in the segment. Guys, your dog should always be leashed up throughout this whole process. Always, 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 always. You should always leash up your dog whenever you're training any new behavior. That's just, that's a rule of thumb right there, okay? So want to mention that. Make sure you leash up your dog. So rewind a little bit. Doorbell rings. Someone comes to the front door. Dog barks. I say, go to your spot. My dog goes to their spot, I give them a treat, and then I'm going to make sure I go get the leash at that moment and leash them up before I open the front door. So important, guys. So important. Small detail, may seem obvious, but very important. All right? So make sure you leash them up before you open the front door. Then we're going to open the front door very slowly in only a couple inches again, and if the dog pops up, put them to the spot. Right? Because again, this is the first time a person has now come to the door. We have an extra layer of excitement on there, so we need to be ready for that, and we're going to take it slowly. All right. Open the door a few inches. If my dog gets up, I close the door and I put them back on their spot. Another rule of thumb here with the front door exercise, guys. Anytime the dog uh, gets up off their spot or does what they don't want them to do, go back to the last place you had success. So if the door wasn't open and the dog was going great and I open the door and now the dog's not doing great, we're going to go back to the door being closed and back to their spot. Got to make sense, right? Go back to the last place you had success in order to be able to move forward, okay? Um, so it's, it's again, it's really just about conditioning these behaviors and being on top of it and being thorough. That's what it really comes down to, making sure you have conditioned this, be, this behavior of sit, stay, on the spot, doorbell rings, conditioning that process enough times so that way when the person does come to the door, it's not that big of a deal, okay? Then... Once I do finally get the door open more than six inches, right? Enough that the door's open, my dog is staying. I'm actually going to ask my guest, hey, do me a favor. Just hang out on the front porch for a minute. Don't come inside yet. Just hang out right there for me for just a few minutes. Because we need to make sure our dog is continuing to do the right thing. We can't just open the door and go, all right, you're good. Because what's going to happen? They're going to bolt off that bed over excitement. They're going to lose their mind or they bolt out the door. Either way, not good. All right. So we've got to slow it down. We're going to sit there for a couple minutes, maybe, with the, depending on how calm the dog is. With the door wide open, guest outside, dog on the dog bed, we're all just hanging out. I'm intermittently walking over and rewarding and treating my dog for continuing to stay. Then I'm going to take it one step forward. Guest is going to come inside, just right inside the doorway and stop. And I'm going to be ready, right, to redirect that behavior. If my dog pops up off the dog bed, I ask the guest to turn around and leave, go back outside. Dog goes back to the dog bed. Last place we had success. Goes back to sitting on the dog bed. We invite the guest in again. Dog stays that time. Good boy. Give him a treat. We take this baby steps. Look, guys, I'm telling you right now, it could take you 20 to 30 minutes, potentially. Potentially. It depends on how much you practice it, and it depends on the dog a bit, too. But it could potentially take you 20 to 30 minutes to get a person in your front door the first time. That's just what it is. But the second time you do it, it'll be 18 minutes. The third time, 15 minutes. Fourth time, 10 minutes. And before you know it, you'll have this process sped up completely. All right, so guest is inside the front door. Dog's on the dog bed. We're hanging out all as well. The dog is giving me relaxing signs. They're not whining. They're not antsy. They're not fidgety. They're just laying there chilling. Cool. Guess what? That's when I'm going to pick up the leash and say, okay. And I'm going to slowly and controlled guide them over to the person. If they start to pull me toward the person, if they start to get a, we're turning around going right back to that dog bed again. Wait for them to relax. Try it again. 
Okay, if it's nice and controlled and the dog is looking up at me and maybe I can sit, stay five feet from the person, well, then I'll release the dog and he gets to say hi. But we're going to keep that interaction short and sweet. We're going to say hi for a second, turn and walk away and reward it. That way we start teaching our dog, stay relaxed, walk away, get a reward. Stay relaxed when I say hi to a person, walk away, get a reward. That way it never builds to over excitement, right? Okay, so... It's important that we keep those interactions short and sweet to begin with. And then after two or three of those short and sweet ones, we build it to five or 10 second interactions and they can say hi. And we turn and walk away, give them a treat. And before you know it, you literally are going to create this, this routine of I walk up to a person, I say hi, I walk away, not a big deal. I get affection, cool, all is well. That's the only way to create, you know, the only way to create um relaxation at the front door is to create relaxation at the front door and reinforce and strengthen only relaxation at the front door. If your dog is whining and jumping and you don't want them to jump on people, but your dog is whining and be, the last thing you want to do is let them go whine and jump on the person because then they get away with it. And then they think, Hey, cool. This is what I'm supposed to do. I got reinforced for it. Right? Think about the behaviors you're reinforcing. If you don't want your dog to jump, you can't let them jump and they need to be in a calm state of mind or else they're probably going to jump. Right? Food for thought. So look, full circle here. This is what it looks like on a normal day. Doorbell rings. Woof, 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 woof. Dog goes to the, uh, uh, the front door and starts barking. I say, hey, go to your spot. They go to their spot. Sit, stay. Now, this is what it looks like when you've trained it correctly, properly, and taken a long time. When I get it down like a, to a science, I don't need a leash anymore. When I'm not doing the training process, I don't need a leash anymore. So it's just going to be woof, 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 doorbell. Go to your spot. Sit, stay. I open the door. Oh, hey, what's going on, guys? Come on in. They come inside right away. I look at my dog. He's being calm. I say, all right. He gets up. He goes over, wags his tail, says hello, but doesn't jump, doesn't get overexcited, doesn't start whining, doesn't go crazy, doesn't, none of that. And then walks away. My guests come in and all is well. Now, maybe my dog wants to play with them a little bit. Sure. Okay. They want to show off a little. That's, that's normal too. Um, as long as they're not losing their minds and getting out of control. Okay. So... It's a process. That's, that's Have you heard me say that this segment yet? Yeah, the front door is a process. And I think that's why so many people lose out on it. I'm just being honest. I think that's why you see so many out of control dogs at the front door. Because it takes work and it takes time to fix the front door. It's a process. And the reality is most people don't want to commit to the process. But I'm here to tell you guys, listen up. I'm here to tell you. Commit to the process. Put in the time. Put in the work. And be consistent about it. And you all, you, so much less work down to do down the road, right? What was my final example? Oh, I have to just make them sit and stay and welcome my guest in. That's all the work you have to do if you put in the work ahead of time, all right? Ah, it kills me. People just don't want to put in the time and effort, and, and they don't get the result they're looking for. So you have to put in that time. You have to put in that effort and have the knowledge of how to do it, right? So remember, guys, your dog needs to know a sit, a stay, and a spot command. Very, very important. Without knowing those three commands very, very well, it's gonna to be tough to get that front door under control. Next thing is always remember when we're teaching our dogs anything new, and especially with the front door, make sure you have them leashed up at all times. When we do start opening the front door during the process of our training, make sure you guys are being safe and smart out there, putting yourself between your dog and the front door as to not be able to allow them to get out. 
to be extra safe and extra cautious, we can put 10 and 20 foot training leashes on our dogs to make sure we have extra leash to grab onto in a worst case scenario. If you're in doubt, if you're unsure, please hire a professional and be smart about it and be safe about it. Make sure your dogs are staying safe and not getting out that front door, guys. Really, really important. Okay, obviously we wanna reinforce and strengthen any of those good behaviors. Oh my goodness, I forgot one little part of the segment today, didn't I? Before we sign off and finish this segment here, how about when someone comes to the front door but they're not coming inside? You just wanna get them to stop. Uh, Stop barking. Look, it's going to start with getting the front door under control in general. I mean, I'm just being honest, that, that, that's gonna help because you gotta bring the intensity level down of the front door quite a bit, and the way to do it is through that front door process, that front door uh, routine. But if your dog goes to bark and you know it's the Amazon delivery guy, you know, you can see on the camera, whatever, it's good to just redirect them, right? Hey, come here, good. Or if they know a leave it command, this is where a leave it command can come in handy, tell them to leave it and then come to you recall and a leave it. Those are two things they really should know to get them off of the front door and leaving it alone, okay? Uh, I tell my dogs, no, hey, no, leave it, come, good. Quiet, you can say the word quiet if you've started pairing quiet when you go to the front door to get them quiet, you can do that. Um, But the reality is you have to redirect the behavior because if you don't actually get up and go do something about it, your dog's just gonna keep barking, okay? It's that simple. You have to redirect the focus, you have to redirect the behavior in order to get that barking to stop. Once it does stop, don't forget to tell them, good boy, good girl, that you like that they stopped barking when you said quiet or whatever the command might be, okay? So I hope that kind of helps clarify some things on the front door for you guys. It's always a process. Make sure you're putting in the time, make sure you're putting in the consistency, and you guys will have the front door under control in no time. Are you tired of your dog barking all the time? Or maybe you want them to stop jumping on people when they come over. Or does your dog take you for a walk instead of the other way around? Well, we can help. At The Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, we are committed to improving the relationships and lives people have with their pets. No matter what behavioral issue you are experiencing, from an unruly puppy to more severe issues, we can help. Our virtual training programs are catered to you and your pet and create a training plan that gets results. For more information, you can check out our website at www.thenatureoftraining.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Speak a Dogcast. With the ability to connect, teach, and train with pet owners around the world, together we can make a better home for our furry friends. The Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, helping you achieve success with your pet. Next on Speak a Dogcast, trick training. It's always fun to do tricks with your dogs. You know, it's fun to have them show off a little bit. And it's good stimulation for your dogs. It's a good confidence builder for your dogs. And it's a good relationship builder for you and your dog. Tricks are, I think, underutilized. People kind of, you know, poo-poo it a little bit. It's like, oh, I don't, you know, so what? My dog knows a trick. So what? Uh, you know, most dogs learn basic commands, which are tricks, commands, tricks. You know, it's, it's the same thing, really, when you think about it. And most dogs know the basics, like a sit, a lie down. Some dogs know a stay, maybe. Um, but when we start talking about more of, like, the fun stuff, that's what we're going to get into today. How to train some fun tricks, Okay, now 
first thing I am also gonna say is, you know, the visual is gonna help, so check out my YouTube channel. We're gonna go over it a little bit today visually, but if you really wanna dive into it, become a patron of the show today. Be sure you check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash speakadogcast. We're still building it up, uh, we're still getting it started, but it is growing, it is growing, and we're gonna be putting some awesome trick training videos up there, exclusive just for my patrons. So be sure you check it out, my Patreon page at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. We're gonna get into that trick training. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, my buddy Riker back here, he's gonna help me out teaching you guys some fun tricks and teaching him some fun, a lot of fun tricks. A lot of these things I'm gonna be teaching him, I actually haven't taught him yet. So I'm excited to show you guys the process of it, uh, have you be a part of it, and then do it with your dogs at home. So we're gonna cover a little bit of it today, but we're gonna really dive deep on that Patreon page. So that's coming soon. Um, all right, so tricks. You know, the first thing I'm gonna say is what are my core tricks? You know, my core ex commands, if you will, not necessarily tricks, but like my sit, stay, lie down, leave it, drop it, uh, release word, and a spot. I'll even throw my spot in there too, right? Like that's like what six or seven of the core commands. We could we could go a little further with it too, but that to me is the most important ones that are utilized for everyday training, for everyday work, for just your dog being a part of your family, okay? So it's important that you start with the basics. And again, you can also check out my Instagram page, at uh, speakadogcast. I've done some videos on some of these commands, like the sit, the stay, the lie down, the uh, leave it, the spot command. Um, so some of that information is, is already up there on the Instagram page, so be sure you go and check it out. Now, when we start talking about fun tricks, though, what am I talking about? What kind of, what's a fun trick? Um, we can do all kinds of stuff. We can do a backup, teaching our dogs to back up in place. We can teach our dogs an army crawl. Get that on the ground and crawl. I love that one. That's just fun to train. We can teach them an on their side or like a play dead as you know what people call it, on your side command. Uh, the on your side, did I put that? Yeah, actually that's on the Instagram too. I showed how to teach that one a little while back as well. So Instagram's full of good stuff. I gotta get even more good stuff up there, but uh, you know, it's got a, got a ton of good info as it is. But yeah, an on your side command is a fun one. Um, you know, one that's kind of neat to me that I really like to do is like a hide your eyes or, or some people call it like the, uh, uh, um, the guilty pose or the praying pose, different, different names and different ways, it's context of whatever the command they call it. But you can teach your dog to actually put their feet up on something and then hide their eyes, right? Like they'll actually hide their eyes under their paws. It's really cute. Um, I've trained that one a few times. That's a lot of fun. So all these different fun commands. So let's start with the backup. I've talked about this one before, so this is gonna be a review, but a backup command. Um, this is also not just a fun command, it actually can be quite useful. There's times I've used the backup just as, as kind of like a, a useful thing. So in order to train a backup, what you're going to do is you're going to find yourself a nice wall, right? A nice bare wall that you have in your house, outside, inside, whatever. Find a nice bare wall. Then you're either going to take uh, chairs or maybe your dog's crate or something like that, and we're gonna create a little corridor, right? So we're gonna have the wall on one side, wall on one side, and then we're gonna line the chairs on the other to create this nice little corridor. And then we're gonna bring our dog into the corridor. And the first thing I'm gonna tell you before we bring the dog into the corridor, what is it, what's it gonna be, guys? What's it gonna be? It's going to be to leash up your dog. <laughs> Anytime we're training something new, it's important that you leash up your dog when you're working with them because you're going to need to utilize it at some point and it's better that you have the leash on than not, okay? So we've created this corridor. We're going to walk into the corridor, right? Now I'm here, my dog is right here. And then I'm just gonna push into them and do a little backup command. I'm just gonna like walk into them and say, back up, 
back up. And the thing is, they're in this corner. We got the chairs on one side, the wall on the other. They don't have anywhere to go. If you're walking into them, they're going to back. Well, we may have to edit that uh, in the post-production. I had a little bit of technical difficulties there. My my mixer cut out for just a moment. So um, we'll, 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 whatever. <laughs> we'll just have to fix that in the uh, post-production. So I apologize for that. Um, anyway. So you teach them to back up. Whatever the hand signal you want that to be, they're going to learn to back up. So once they back up a foot, you say, good, and give them a treat. Then they back up a little more, give them a treat. Okay. So you're going to actually physically push into them. Now, after a couple repetitions of, of just walking into them and then backing up, I want you to take one step into them when you say back up, but not actually move into them, and they're going to still back up. This is how we teach them to back up with us standing still, right? So without that motion of pushing them backwards, I take one step and stop moving and let them continue moving. Reward it. Kind of makes sense. All right. You want to do this with the barriers for a while because the problem is if you remove the barriers too soon, the dogs start backing up and curving. <laughs> they do. They, they don't back up so straight and they start turning. So you're going to want to keep those barriers there for a while. Then slowly remove the barriers. Maybe just have one chair. Right, So that way we start with that quarter with just one chair, but once he backs up, it disappears, and so he continues to learn to do it whether the barrier is there or not. Okay, I like the backup command. It's a good one to start with. It's a fun one because it's very easy. It's very simple and that the dog understands there's, there's a boundary. There's a boundary on either side. Um, so, it, you know, it's very easy for them to get it. Anyway, all right, so that's the first one is the backup. The next one we're going to start with is that fun Army crawl. I like the army crawl too. That's a good one. Now there's a couple ways we can train this. First, it's important that your dog does know a lie down command, right? Uh, that's a core command, so they should know that. Uh, now, once they have the lie down, down, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to have them down in a down position, and then I'm going to take a little treat, and I'm going to put it in front of their face on the ground, right? They're already going to lie down. And I'm actually just going to take the treat and try to guide it ahead of them and get them to lie down. If they pop up, I'm going to remove the treat, say no, and then say lie down again. Get them in that lie down position. Then I'm going to guide the treat forward just a little bit on the ground and get them to... If they take so much as one little crawl motion forward, guys, give them that treat right away and say good crawl or whatever the term. Again, whatever command you want to put with it. Okay, good crawl, good crawl. Okay, then rinse and repeat. If I can get one paw forward, two paw forward, and start with that, get that over and over, just the two paws forward over and over, because before you know it, your dog's gonna wanna keep crawling. Now, there's also the option to put up a barrier above them, right? We can create something for them to actually physically crawl under. Uh, that could even be a chair, something as simple as a chair. I've done it with like a low table uh, to teach them that motion of going under, right? Of actually going underneath and, and it creates the lie down and the crawl motion, okay? Look, a lot of these things with these kind of fun commands, these fun tricks, a lot of it is about capturing whatever physical thing they're doing, right? So, um, for example, a speak command. Let's talk about a speak. How do I get my dog to speak? First things first, if you have a very quiet dog, I'll be honest, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to get your dog to bark if they just are not a barker. And some dogs just aren't. Um, however, most dogs bark at the front door. You can capture that bark, all right? Uh, well, you, different ways to train. But look, my favorite way to train the speak command is, and it's funny, I discovered this by accident. This was years ago when I was still learning a lot. Uh, well, I'm still always learning a lot, but I mean, I really didn't know a whole lot. 
And I was just playing with my dog, Penny Lane. And I was having her chase me around the house. And we had a kitchen where, like, you know, you could walk 360 degrees. Like, it had a center counter kind of thing. And so I kept making her chase me around this area. But then I'd run the other way. And then she'd have to... And she started getting frustrated because she couldn't get to me, right? She was loving it. Tail going. And she started getting frustrated. And I woo at me. I was like, awesome. There's a bar. I said, woo. And so I kind of woofed back at her a little bit. And she woofed at me. And I said, good, Penny. Good speak. And then you could see like the what? Good. <laughs> and before you know it, guys, couple repetitions, couple days of doing that with her, chasing her around, getting her to chase me, getting her to barf at me and starting to control and capture it. So she understands when I say speak, good speak and reward it. That's how we capture behaviors. Now, once your dog starts doing that consistently, then we have to teach them to control it, right? Because then they'll just start barking all the time. So then you have to say, well, only when you ask for it, right? So then it becomes, it's, it's like paw too. When we teach giving a paw, um, it's no different. The dog starts throwing it out all the time thinking it's going to get a reward for it. And you have to tell them no. If you didn't ask for it, you have to say no and not give them a reward. Same thing with the speak. That's how we control it and teach them not to woof when we don't want them to. Okay. Um, a lot of these fun tricks. I love them. I love them. It's just, it's too much fun. Um, again, guys, people think tricks are just kind of this silly thing, but I'm telling you, like even that, that playtime I had with Penny and teaching her that woof, it was a bonding experience for us and it was an enhancement in our communication. Sounds silly. I know, but it was because it taught her to look for something that I wanted her to do. And all of a sudden she started realizing doing stuff that this, you know, figuring out how to do things he likes. It's fun. It gets me affection. It gets me food. We're playing like it was all good stuff for her. And so it really enhanced that bond in that relationship that we had. And Penny and I were close, man. I mean, that, oh, I miss her. I was thinking about her a lot today, actually. And Man, it's crazy. She's been gone over two years, and it's just like some days are still tough. It, it's, they're not here long enough, you know? It stinks. Um, anyway, ugh, eh, let's not get off topic. Let's stick to the fun stuff. All right, how about, a, how about a turn command? Oh, I love doing a turn to a spin, right? Getting them to spin in place. This is pretty simple, guys. We're going to take a treat. I'm going to take a treat in my hand, and while they're standing there, I'm going to take the treat and actually guide it. Like guide the motion, take the treat, whoop, right? You're watching me do it with my face. I'm following the treat, even though I don't want the dog treat. Um, but you guide that face around. And if they if they even so much as start to turn, I say, good, turn and give them a treat. Even though they didn't do the 360. If they so much as start to turn. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. Speaking of, we should put that little, that's a mistake a lot of people make. They want the dog to turn 360 degrees. And so they don't reward when the dog turns 15 degrees the first time. We, we have that expectation of, well, they're not turning 360 degrees, so why would I reward that? It's all about shaping behaviors. Your dog doesn't understand you want them to turn 360 degrees. So if they don't understand a full circle yet, I got to reward 15 degrees, then 20, then 90 degrees, and oh, look at that, they did a 180. See what I'm saying? That's how we shape it. And I use it by just guiding the treat around. Good turn. And then eventually I end up making this my moat, right? Because I'm actually naturally doing this with the treat, guiding them around in a circle. And so this ends up being my, I take the treat away eventually, take the bribe away eventually and turn it into just a hand motion, okay? This is what training is. It's, it's, it's uh, training commands rather. It's all about setting them up so you can capture a behavior and then shape that into even a, a larger behavior, a bigger behavior that you're looking for. That's all trick training is, guys. It's not magic. It's not like cr anything crazy, um, it's learning how to create behaviors you like and capture them, shape them, and reward them. 
and it strengthened them, right? Um, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun trick training. I absolutely love it. Um, how about how about a lot of people teach? We all most people know how to teach dog give a paw, but you can actually take that little step further to make it just a little more fun. What about teaching your dog a wave, right? So you can actually ask them to like wave at you, and then they're not relying on a hand being there. You can actually evolve that from giving a paw. So I ask them to give me a paw, right? You go to put your hand out again, and I slowly start taking my hand away a little bit and saying, good, as they keep trying to hit it, even though they're not hitting me. Good wave, good wave. And that's how my dog can understand a distinction between a wave, oops, a wave, getting the microphone there, a wave and a paw. Tell you what, having the video, it's like I can be more visual, but I got to not whack my microphone. Um, <laughs> having our YouTube channel here. Uh, speaking of, fun plug, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel yet, be sure you go check it out. We're going to get more and more dog videos up there. Right now, you can check out all of the episodes up there. All of my episodes are up. So if you're more of a visual learner, go check out my YouTube channel at Speak a Dogcast, right? Um, but uh, but anyway, you can you can evolve a, a wave command from a giving a paw command. Okay. Uh, another fun one I like to do is standing up uh, on your feet, right? If they're in a sit position and I want them to just get on all fours, that's a fun one. You can go from a sit to an all on your feet to a lie down. To, okay. So on your feet, basically I leash them up because we should already have them leashed up and I put them in a sit position. And then all I do is just pull forward a little bit on the leash just to guide them forward and say on your feet or stand or whatever the command you want it is to be. And when they pop up, I reward it. Start thinking about, like, if you have an idea for a fun command to teach your dog, something really fun, start thinking about how to shape it. What's, what's the baby step move to get me there, right? So if I want my dog to stand up, I got to think really big. So, well, he needs to stand up. I'll just guide him into a stand-up motion. Boom. Capture it, reward it, strengthen it, rinse and repeat. Okay, so a lot of fun commands, guys. This is like scratching the surface. I mean, there's so many more I'm, I'm thinking of in my head right now. And so we're gonna put a lot of these on my Patreon page. And we're gonna really get into depth. We're gonna actually have full videos of me working with Riker, teaching him a bunch of fun new commands, fun new tricks that he doesn't know that you guys can teach your dogs at home as well. So if you wanna check out uh, my Patreon page, patreon.com slash speakadogcast, become a patron of the show today. And we're gonna dive even more uh, in depth on some fun commands to train your dog. So I hope that kind of helped out today. You guys can have some fun information to take home, take and train your dogs, keeping them stimulated, giving them something to do, and of course, always enhancing that relationship with your pet. So get out there, have some fun, and train some cool commands with your pup today. The answer to today's trivia question, what was the first animal used as a mascot for a university? It's Handsome Dan, the bulldog from Yale University. Now, this isn't 100% certainty or fact. It is believed that this is the case. And this all started because a student from England named Andrew Graves brought the first Handsome Dan to football and baseball games in 1889, according to the Yale News. There has been a continuous line of them ever since. It's our listener Q&A. The first question today comes from Terry from Winter Park, Florida. Terry says, I was curious what your thoughts are about dogs and smiling. My dog looks like she smiles sometimes, but it's when she's been exercising and is panting a lot. Can dogs actually smile? 
Great question, Terry. I know. How often do we get, oh, he's cute, he's smiling. Guys, I've had a dog that looks like he's smiling that wants to take my face off two seconds later. So, no, it is a human emotion that we are putting onto dogs that we want to think they're smiling. Oh, no, David, my dog smiles, he smiles, he smiles. No, he doesn't, guys. It's your interpretation of what looks like a smile. Terry, just like you said, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, right? Your dog is exercising and they're panting. And they're, yeah, it looks like I'm smiling like a lunatic too when I do that. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's, I'm not, am I? I'm panting. I'm not smiling. I'm panting. And that's just it. We all know dogs pant to regulate body temperature. They do it out of uh, anxiety sometimes. And anxiety can be excitement, right? As we've talked about before. Um, but usually when you see that joker smile that we all know in dogs with the dimples, it means one of two things. Either one, they have been exercising a lot. They're very hot. They're, they're, they're worked. Sure. Riker has that joker smile when he, when he's tasting that tennis ball over and over and over and it's getting hot too. You know, we got to be careful. Um, but yeah, he gets a bit of that joker smile. He's not smiling. Oh, but he loves playing tennis ball, David. Does he? I mean, I'm sure he does, but I can't ask him. Well, we're not getting into this today. Uh, but that they kind of have to, I guess. That's the point, guys. We don't know what dog's emotions are to that degree. We've been over this. You can listen to that segment recently. Uh, but that, that's the thing. No, they're not They're not smiling. It's, it's our own human emotions being put on them. Guys, a lot of times, so I'm sorry. I said one of the two things, right? Either the dog is uh, uh, controlling their, their uh, body temperature, panting, right? Or they're panting out of anxiety and look, when it gets to that joker smile and it's that severe, it's usually a dog leaning more toward thinking about biting. I'm just being honest, okay? When I have a dog who's really anxious in there, that, that's not a good thing. Okay, that's not smiling. That's the opposite of smiling. So the fact that we want to put our own human emotions onto dogs, but oh, he's smiling. I'm sorry, it's wrong. And this is why people, look, people give me flack sometimes of, of oh, David, you, you don't know, dogs have emotions and you don't know and da, 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 da. And it's like, well, first of all, you're right. I don't know. I don't know what their emotions are because I can't prove it. You are correct. You're actually proving my point. Um, and that's why we can't let emotions get in the way of psychology and training, guys. Because you're, it, it's proving my point. I mean, I hate to say it, it is. It's proving my point factually that, if we think a dog is smiling, oh, it's cute, oh, oh, we're putting our human emotions onto it. If we're putting our human emotions on him, we're not seeing the behavior for what, what it really is. I mean, think about it. Someone thinks a dog is, if someone actually thinks that a dog smiling is a dog smiling, and they go up to one of these dogs with a joker face who has anxiety, who is thinking about, and they go to pet him and the dog bites them. You see what I'm saying? The ignorance of thinking that a dog feels that way, and maybe they do, but they're not displacing it in a smile is more what I'm saying. It's more to the point. It can get people hurt. That level of ignorance can actually create dangerous situations. And that's my point of why we have to take emotions and put them to the side when we're talking about behavior, when we're talking about psychology, and when we're talking about training. So this is a great question, Terry, because it, 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 is, a, it is a misconception that is too often repeated. So no, dogs cannot smile like you and I think they are, uh, think they do. You know, like you, excuse me, like you and I, um, understand what smiling is from a human perspective. That's more, that's what I'm trying to say here is no dogs do not smile the way that humans do. Next question. This comes from George from Columbia, South Carolina. George says, my wife and I are getting ready to adopt a dog for our family. Our kids are getting old enough now that we're ready to take on the responsibility. Uh, my wife and I, we both grew up on farms with hounds and collies, but we live in a neighborhood now and I don't think those breeds would be the best fit for our lifestyle. 
Any suggestions on a breed? Hey, this is a great question, George. You know, it can be every, it can be tough to to decide what breed is going to be best for you, and you have to ask yourself a couple questions. You have to ask yourself, you know, and you are you're already on the right track. I love it. You know, you you and your wife. Thank you, by the way. You're considering this. You're thinking about it. You're being smart. You're thinking, hey, we're not on a, on a farm. Maybe a collie is not. We're not going to be exercising that quite enough. So those are the questions you have to ask yourself. How active are you guys? What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Uh, are you going to be able to walk this dog? For a long time, a little bit of time, you know, you have to ask what your criteria is to find the dog that's going to best suit your needs and your lifestyle. To me, you grew up on farms, right? You guys are probably more active, I'm guessing. (laughs) Potentially, you like the outdoors. And so look, if I'm going from purely that standpoint of you guys are maybe outdoors people and you have kids... I always, my default, I because I personally love them, retrievers, best damn dogs on the planet. I don't care what anybody says. And I'm talking best overall, well-rounded, overall for a average dog owner dog, retrievers are hands down the best guys. Because I know people go, oh, border collies are the best dogs. Yes and no, they're the smartest, but does that make them the best? Not Is it going to be the best dog for someone living in an apartment that can't exercise their dog for four or five hours a day? No. So... Best kind of dog is a relative term, right? But in my opinion, if I have to pick one type of breed, if I'm going to go with one specific breed, I'm going to say Golden Retriever because I just freaking love them. They're my favorite dogs, hands down, not even a question. I love them. They're the best. Uh, But you can't go wrong with a lab. You can't go wrong with all the different retrievers, flat goat retrievers. You don't see those as much anymore, but... Point is, retrievers, guys. That's those are my favorite dogs. Um, now, George, if you're if you're looking more for a smaller dog or a medium sized dog, um, I like corgis. I do. I think they're actually good dogs. Uh, got great personalities. They can be very active, but not too much. Um, you know, Shih Tzus get a bad rap. I love Shih Tzus. Properly trained and brought up correctly and socialized, Shih Tzus can make phenomenal companion dogs that don't have to be exercised a ton. Um, Boston Terriers are another good, fun little dog, right? They're fun, little spunky. They do need a little exercise just and have certain different health requirements and things like that. So there, there's a few for you across the board that I like uh, different sizes, you know, different medium, small, medium, and, and large. Um, and if you want to get crazy, George, and you want to go for the the extra large breed, I mean, I love Great Danes. They're, they're one of my favorites out there. Such great dogs. Um, but the middle ground, the, the, the overall hands down best dog for families, neighborhoods, suburban living, as long as you're active, as long as you exercise them, it's going to be retrievers. That's going to wrap up the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every single Wednesday. If you love what you're hearing, give me that five-star rating or click that thumbs up. Become a patron of the show today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. Find me on Instagram at speakadogcast. I want to thank my patrons, my pup supporter, Regula Wright, and my dog friend, Maureen Crossan. Have a wonderful week. And don't forget, get out there and walk your dog.